The Sports Pen, Tanner Hoops with you on ESPN-UP. Glad to have you along for the first Ryan Day of 2020. Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal in studio with me. How was your trip to Minnesota, Ryan? I, it was wild. As uh, If people follow me on Twitter, you know, it was an adventure trying to get back into town. And uh, I regale everybody with my trip and my column this week. So <laughs> it, uh, uh, the column is a little sentimental. Talk about what it's like to go home. You know, mm-hmm. it's the first, like, extended trip I've had back to see my folks in a long time. So it was a little bit of that. And then the, the majority of it is talking about, yeah, how it wasn't easy to get did market. you get kicked off the plane twice? Is that what happened? Uh, I got, well, I'll give you the full details in the column, but mm. basically we had a grand total of two cancellations, two delays, and I got kicked off the plane. <laughs> and I was asked to deplane after being about to. I mean, that's, that's probably the highlight, as you'll have at the end of my experience, when I was at, when I looked like I was about to board the plane, and then it didn't end up happening. So They give you, like, some good vouchers, though? Did they do anything to compensate the, you? I got a free hotel that night. Okay. I got a free trip to the hotel ah. and a free trip back from the hotel. The hotel, the airport, and I got two thousand dollars in vouchers. Okay, well, so, so, I mean, it could be worse. I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's two thousand miles. Right. I mean, you can. The problem is, is you have to burn it in a year. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> how many flights am I gonna take? <laughs> it's like, where am I gonna fly? I, I okay, I. <laughs> you know, I think what makes it even better though is that you got kicked off the plane in favor of the NMU hockey team and I don't know why they were in Minnesota I'd love to know Uh, I'm still trying to figure that out I think everybody was coming back from break Mm -hmm. because all the Minnesota kids were on that flight Mm -hmm. and a couple few Canadians were on that flight and I feel like everybody was just descending on the airport on that time so it was uh it was bizarre but the highlight was getting pushed out in favor of the hockey I remember reading as it happened, you were live tweeting your ordeal at the Minneapolis St. Paul Airport, and I'm just losing it in a restaurant in Kansas City while I'm reading these tweets. And it's like, it's, uh, did you know that the NMU hockey team was there when they called for Craighead and Hawthorne over the over the? Interview? Oh yeah, they were there. They were all sitting there, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I know I'm like, well, this is weird. It's like I. I was expecting maybe a couple, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, there's a lot of Minnesota kids on the team, so I was like, okay, yeah, you know, maybe I'll see a couple of them. I mean, I saw some Bemidji guys at mm-hmm. the airport, uh, so, but then, like, they all, like, came in this rush all at the same time, and it's like, <laughs> did you all travel, like, on the same flight as a group or what? But they all got there, and then they yelled um, over the loudspeaker, because two of the players weren't there yet, mm-hmm. they called... No one answered, and they told us and said, hey, you know, we got room for you now. They're not showing up. So we're literally, as you'll find in my column, we're, I'm literally handing, me and my wife, our boarding passes to the people, and then the two players show up, and they literally, the attendants look at us, push us aside. <laughs> And it's like I'm like you got to be kidding me! I was about to I was about to get home, and we got pushed aside for the two hockey players. So it was it was it it's it was it was annoying at the time, but looking back, it was actually pretty funny. I tell you what, now you get some vouchers out of it. Was it a Delta flight? It was a Delta flight. Ninety oh, percent of that airport is Delta. I would well, yeah. It, uh, I would say Delta. There's uh, you know Americans there and United's mm-hmm. there, but like it's. 
yeah, everybody pretty much flies Delta, and uh, <laughs> they're pretty good mm-hmm. at getting at, at, at their customer service. I, I've had worse experiences with airlines. Um, I can't remember where I was flying. I think remember Airtran? Mm. Yeah, the, they were like a a smaller airline. They were terrible at dealing with people. They're mm-hmm. the ones that made everybody fly into Atlanta <laughs> for connecting flights, which means for one flight home, I crossed the state of Indiana twice in one day. <laughs> I had to fly from Indianapolis to Indiana to Atlanta to get to Minneapolis. Ouch. So I'm like, how did I cross the state <laughs> twice in the same day? But, and then there was a whole mess. AirTran was terrible dealing people. Then they got bought out by Southwest and things have gotten better. But that was probably my worst experience with the airline. I did not have nearly the ordeal that you did. I had somewhat of a Minnesota ordeal because my flight was from Omaha to Minneapolis and then to Marquette. So my flight was delayed on the way back. I get a Juicy Lucy at one of the restaurants in the airport, and I'm like, you know, they're taking their sweet time getting it, and I'm like, I've got a flight to catch, and I get it, and I I ate one bite while I was there at the restaurant. I took the rest with me, and I'm rushing through the airport like the... The juice and the cheese sprays out, like burns me in the face, <laughs> only to find out that the flight's been delayed. And that's when I saw Grant. Yeah. So, you see, you saw an enemy person, hockey personnel, <laughs> and we saw, and I had almost half the roster dealing with. So it was, uh, it's wild times in Minneapolis. Um, but yeah, so, and they're out of town this weekend. Yep, so. They are in Ohio. Yeah. Bowling uh, Green series, eh? Could be a fun one. Yeah, it's going to be a wild weekend. Um, I was on Fox Sports Marquette yesterday. We were talking about it. It's a pivotal weekend. And mm-hmm. you wouldn't think the first series after a long break would be that important, but they're playing a ranked team, and mm-hmm. it's probably... I mean, Texas, like I said, Texas always going to be the arch rival, but Bowling Green's like building into like a secondary they rival are. for them. It's mm-hmm. really interesting. You know, and it's weird because we've got another UP team there and we just don't <laughs> seem to care that, that Lake State, it's like we don't acknowledge you as a rival. Yeah, it's 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 weird with Lake State because they have a traveling trophy, mm-hmm. but nobody seems no. to really <laughs> acknowledge it, care. I mean, yeah, they present it after the game right. to whoever, I guess, quote-unquote, wins the series, <laughs> but... Uh, it's just nobody really gets it. I've been, I've covered so many Lake State games here, mm-hmm. and it barely registers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Texas Tech games are sellouts. Yep. The Lake State games, maybe two thirds full. That is. Yeah, it's like you're like what? Like I thought there would be a UP rivalry, mm-hmm. and it's like maybe between two schools. We don't acknowledge <laughs> the third one. I, I, part of me wonders is because Lake State doesn't have football. Like, mm. maybe if they had a football program, maybe that there would be the rivalry because then you have, like, the three major sports are going up and together. But I think because Lake State doesn't have football, and it's a tiny school for mm. those who I'm sure everybody knows up here. Right. <laughs> but, like, it's a tiny school if you're listening from outside the area, so they can't afford to have a football team. You know, and it, it, what it reminds me of is the Army-Navy-Air Force relationship. Like, like tech and northern are army navy and then you've got the third military academy and nobody seems to care like there's no army air force game there's i mean there is but nobody gets up for it everybody cares about army navy no one cares about navy air force anything like that yeah it's like i sent out a tweet saying like i feel like with the big hoopla because i watch army navy and mm-hmm. it's a big game oh, and i love then, that game yeah and then it's like 
Well, what about Air Force? I mean, I mean, it's like, where's their big marquee event? They're just, they're just sitting off the side. And the weird thing is, is they've been the most consistently winning team over the years. And they're just like, oh, nobody cares about our games. It's like, okay. They're, yeah, the Commanders and Chiefs mm-hmm. trophy is usually won by Air Force. And they're the team that doesn't get the spotlight. It's just, I'm like, I feel bad for them a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Like, they've had some good teams over the years, and Navy is starting to turn themselves into a program that usually will finish ranked 21st, 22nd, 23rd, something like that. Army is very spotty. Some years they'll be okay, but they've struggled yeah. uh, for the ma- majority of those years. Yeah, the last couple of years they've been pretty good, uh, but before there was a stretch of, like, 12, 15 years where they were just awful. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Air Force. Um, this year, didn't Air Force have like 11 wins? They were up there. Yeah, they like ba- played Washington State in that bowl game. Mm-hmm. Played the, ridicu- the ridiculous disparity in time of possession <laughs> going on there. Like, I-, I looked at it at one point, it's like you got Mike Leach's quick strike offense, and then you got. Let's see, Air Force says, how much of the clock can we burn as much as we can? And somebody said, uh, like, it flashed, like ESPN did, and it's like, time of possession, Washington State, like, five minutes and 40 seconds, and it says Air Force, 23 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's like, they're just milking the clock the whole time. And they were winning, so it was working, but it was just like... What a bizarre strategy. I I tell you what, that's a great segue into talking about the playoffs this weekend because if the Vikings have any shot at beating the Saints, it's going to have to be one of those games where time possession is 35 to 40 minutes at least in favor of the Vikings. They've got to keep Drew Brees and Michael Thomas on the sideline, keep the ball out of their hands, and let Dalvin Cook run absolutely well. The Vikings have to double up time possession this weekend to have a shot. Yeah, they uh, basically have to let Dalvin do his thing and get other weapons going in there. I mean, Kirk is wildly inconsistent this Mm -hmm. year, and he has to play better. In the words of my dad, I mean, the Vikings threw their backups in, you know, last mm-hmm. week, and um, it showed. Yeah. So, it's like, so, it's like, if someone gets injured on the Minnesota roster, it's like, it's almost like it's over. That know? happened against the Packers. Eric Kendricks went out, Roger just licked his chops. Yeah, the whole time, and you got... And then you got Dalvin didn't play against the Packers, no. so it's like they have no running game going on. So it's like everybody's going to have to play at their best. Kirk has to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I uh, I mean, there are games where I've watched him. I'm like, wow, it's like he's turning a corner. He's playing really well. And there's other games like the Packers game where you're just like, what are you doing out there? <laughs> I mean, during that game, he bounced three passes. <laughs> these are short passes. These are like 15, 20 yards, and like he's bouncing them to the receivers. And it's like, is Christian Ponder out there? Because Christian Ponder has a terrible arm. Let's bring back TJ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like, I mean, Christian Ponder has like a legendarily bad arm. <laughs> I mean, if he could hit 30, it was like a miracle, a 30-yard pass. So it's, uh, yeah, that was basically what I was watching. Other than Brett Favre, Kirk Cousins might be the best quarterback the Vikings have had since who? I mean, this maybe Culpepper. Maybe yeah, probably Culpepper because you think about the quarterbacks Minnesota's had to deal with. They got Donovan McNabb for maybe the worst years of his professional career. Uh, who else did they have? They had Joe Webb, uh, Gus Farrat, yeah, Brad Johnson, Tavares Jackson. Mm. Uh, who was the one guy they had? Christian Ponder, Christian of course. Christian Ponder, who could forget? <laughs> yes, Sage Rosenfels. <laughs> That's uh, right, I forgot uh, about Spurgeon him. Spurgeon Wynn. Oh, jeez. 
<laughs> I mean, the Spurgeon win's going to be remembered for me because it was the last game of the season one year, and the Vikes were missing the playoffs, and they were so injury depleted. Spurgeon win was their third string quarterback, and they threw him in there. Wasn't he one of the quarterbacks drafted in front of Brady? Yes. <clears throat> so th- there's his two stats. Mm-hmm. It, starting one game and playing so horrendously. I think it was against <laughs> Pittsburgh. And then you have him drafted in front of... So there's that's his legacy in the NFL. I tell you what, here is uh, what we're looking at for this weekend as it relates to our pick standings. So here, Ryan, we're doing a little bit different of a format for the playoffs. So we have the four games to pick for this weekend. Each are worth two wins now. But it could be worth two losses if you get them wrong. Okay. So it's going to double every week. So the next round, everything's worth four, either wins or losses. Okay. So that's going to make things a little more interesting, a little razzle-dazzle. I can't pick Minnesota in this one. I really can't. What about you? You know, had they played a little better against Green Bay, yeah, I might have been a little more confident, but I just don't see it. I uh, It's just... They've fallen flat mm-hmm. the last couple weeks. and I mean, yeah, last week they played their backups. But, I mean, even then they didn't look very good. The no. guys who did play who were starters didn't play very well. No. So it's like, and they're in New Orleans, and it's just, it's hard to win there in the playoffs. And it's just, it doesn't. Now, if they play like their absolute best, mm-hmm. like the Minneapolis Miracle game, maybe. Maybe. But. I just don't see it. Xavier Rhodes and Dalvin Cook, to me, are going to be the two most important players for the Vikings to have success this weekend. You know what this Minnesota team reminds me of is the 08 Giants. When they made their run to Super Bowl Forty Two. they got in as the sixth seed in the NFC. They knew they had to have good cornerback play. They needed somebody in their secondary to step up. And Corey Webster, remember him? He had a great postseason run that year. That's kind of what the Vikings need out of Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, uh, basically a big step-up game and, you know, and then continuing to build off that. I mean, I remember in a way just the run they made and how everybody was perplexed on Mm -hmm. how they keep winning. And, you know, it's kind of the same way in 2011, Mm -hmm. in a way. Like, nobody thought the Giants were going to get that far. They strode into Lambeau and beat a 15-1 and Packers team. I mean, it's just like, sometimes teams can just get hot at the right time, and uh, that's what Minnesota needs to do. How about the Buffalo-Houston matchup? I... If you had told me the Bills were going to make the playoffs this year, I would have been confused. Because I'm like, they they dealt their best player, Tyrod Taylor, mm-hmm. were terrible last year. And now they're back in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Because Josh Allen somehow has figured it out. And it's just, it's weird. Now, the problem is they're playing a Houston team with Deshaun Watson. And there's the toss-up. Yeah. Houston never gets it done in the playoffs. No, they always fall flat on their face. Is, unless they're playing Cincinnati, then they, mm. then there maybe is a shot. But mm-hmm. they always flop. And then you got Buffalo, the traditional just sad sex. <laughs> <laughs> where, you know, we should have won a Super Bowl by now, but we haven't. So it's, that's why it's such a tough game for me to pick. Because both teams are notorious for falling apart in the postseason. Mm-hmm. I guess... I guess I'm giving the edge to Houston okay. just because of Deshaun Watson. All right. 
So, so it's gonna it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be a bad game. <laughs> like it's gonna be like a sixteen thirteen game. You know, it's just like not as horrendous as the Jacksonville Bills mm. playoff game. Oh, but yeah, it's like it's not gonna be a pretty game. How about the Buffalo? Excuse me, the New England Tennessee matchup. Well, as all the Boston people I know, you know, are, you know, complaining about, you know, they should be getting a bye and wah, wah, wah. It's like, well, you guys weren't that good. Yeah, beat the Dolphins. Yeah, beat Miami. Mm. <laughs> it's like, you know, kind of like going back to the Gophers. You know, uh, we are, are we going to make the playoff? No. Beat Iowa first. Beat Miami. Then you can, you know, brag a little more. But uh, they're going to handle Tennessee. Right. I mean, I... I think Tennessee might put up a fight, but mm. they're in New England, so. And we already covered New Orleans, Minnesota. We're both picking New Orleans. How about Seattle at Philly? Isn't that isn't that sad? Yes. You, that the Eagles. I mean, Dallas was going to host a playoff game at one point, mm-hmm. and we're going to finish the year like eight and eight. <laughs> I mean, it's there's something wrong with you getting to host a playoff game just because you won the division mm-hmm. when you had a terrible season and you're basically getting in by default <laughs> and that's not going to benefit the eagles i think uh i think seattle's going to win i think it's in philly so i think it'll be a better game mm-hmm. But I think Seattle's going to prevail. You know, Philly did have to win four in a row to get in. I get they played the Sisters of the Poor there in those final four mm. games. I got to give credit, though, to Carson Wentz because, you know, this will be his first playoff game, but he was in playoff mode the last four weeks, and he's played really well despite being surrounded by these faceless nobodies like Boston Scott and Josh Perkins and this Ward guy I've never heard <laughs> of. And Somehow they are getting to host a Seattle team that – was maybe we're talking about an inch away from getting a first round bye. Yeah. And uh at one point could have been the home field throughout the playoffs mm-hmm. kind of game. So it's like I think Seattle's just too talented that they're gonna come over the come out on top, but it's I think it's gonna be out of the four first round games, mm-hmm. it's probably gonna be the best game. Okay is what I'm thinking. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Let's take a timeout. We'll talk a little hockey when we come back on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad that you're along. Well, we got some hockey to break down. We've got Northern Michigan at Bowling Green opening up a two-game series this evening. We had the Great Lakes invite this weekend, and that was turned out to be a pretty fun tournament yeah michigan tech ended up winning it um for the only the, like the third time since 1980 or mm-hmm. something like that so well you know tech was bad for so long mm-hmm. so that's not too surprising but even like their last most recent stretch where they played well they've only won it once mm-hmm. and uh they tend to get to the championship and run into a wall i mean whether it's western or um you know, Michigan, which Michigan looked pretty good during that game, but once again, Michigan is, I don't understand Michigan. Mm. I, what's Mel doing? I know, <laughs> should be better than, yeah. than what they're doing right yeah, now. Yeah, they went from a Frozen Four appearance to missing the NCAA tournament, and unless they make a deep run in the Big Ten, they're probably going to miss it again, mm. and you're left wondering... What happened? 
like <laughs> how did things just completely i mean mel was touted as like a genius yeah. so he came back into town and got on the frozen four michigan's back everybody's mm-hmm. like and they're just like oh i guess <laughs> it was a one-year thing and uh because they have all the talent, yeah, they should be an NCAA tournament team. But for now, they're they're like a bubble team, mm-hmm. and it's just like, what happened? <laughs> I I I'm just confused on what what's going down in Ann Arbor. I'm it's weird. I tell you what, uh, another I don't know if it's anomaly, what have you. It was disappointing that the U.S. is already knocked out of the World Juniors yeah. and fall to Finland in the quarters. That's a tough matchup to get in the quarters. I get you know how it works out and everything, but a rematch of last year's gold medal game. So the Fighting Sandalins are not going to medal. It's the first time the U.S. doesn't medal in that tournament since 2015. I like that tournament, and I like meddling in that tournament. And you didn't. No. <laughs> we did, you know, the Americans didn't look particularly sharp no. the entire time, and uh, it just—I don't know. I'm—I'm I'm used to them being so successful at World mm-hmm. Juniors, and they just were not particularly sharp. Yeah, they got to the quarters, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not really that much of an accomplishment. No, I mean, <laughs> all but two teams made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, congrats. I mean, you, well, you're better than Germany and Kazakhstan. Yeah. Uh, one school, one country that is, I guess, making progress towards being a hockey. Maybe. They, they played the Olympic <laughs> athletes from Russia in the gold medal game a couple of years ago. God, that's, uh, and almost won it. Yeah, that was the funny thing. I don't remember what cup year it was for the Penguins, but it was uh, back when they had Tom Kunackle on their fourth line, and he only had to score like four goals that year, and he was already top five in German history in the NHL. <laughs> It was weird. I mean, I remember watching that gold medal game, and you're just like, "Is this is actually happening? Is Germany of all teams going to win the gold medal here?" And you know, but as soon as uh, it got to overtime, and once once Russia got the power play, it was like mm-hmm. it was over. I mean, yep. it's like as as much as I was cheering on Germany, it's just like. Wasn't Dotsuk on that team and uh, Yaya Kovacek? Yeah, yeah, he just, just got like, signed by the Canadians today. Yeah, the the ageless wonder <laughs> there, but it's just, I mean, you got a bunch of guys on Germany who are a bunch of scrappy players mm. playing, you know, some former NHL players on Russia, and it just it wasn't going to happen. I tell you what, that roster was great. Like there were a couple recognizable names on that German team, I guess, but. I tell you what, that roster was wonderful. Uh, World Juniors, do we think Finland's going to repeat? I'm leaning towards that way. Are you? Yeah. I like Russia in this tournament. They've looked really good. Yeah, They look really good, but uh, I'm going with the Finns. I think Finland tends to play really well, Juniors. I don't see Canada getting to the gold medal game. I don't either. I just don't. I I, mean, they're, they're fine. They've got a good team, but I, I think that Finland and Russia are just flat out better than them. Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird that you have a Canadian team that's not playing particularly well, no. but that's the case this year. And are we even confident Canada <clears throat> is going to medal? Because if it shakes out the way we think it will, they would play Sweden for the bronze, and Sweden's no pushover. No, I actually think they're not going to medal. I'll go. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say it. I don't think Canada's going to medal this year. Is that a bigger disappointment <clears throat> than the U.S. not advancing out of the quarters? I think yes, because Canada lives and dies so much with <laughs> hockey. I feel like if they don't medal, it's like a national tragedy up there. I tell you what, sticking with hockey a little bit, I wanted to ask you about this because the All-Star rosters just came out, the NHL All-Star game rosters. First of all, what was what was your overall impression? And I'm 
about what I expected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the NHL All Star Game is, you know, it's it's more of a wacky experience. It's like they try to make it more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy tournament. It, there's a million goals. You don't see quality goaltending. No. That's for sure. But uh, it's 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 pretty fun. It's um, I always watch baseballs, but mm-hmm. I. I I, I watched the hockey one so you know, for a little you, bit. You always get that debate, no matter what sport it is, should every team be represented at the All-Star Game? Is it even a true All-Star Game if you're just making sure that everybody's represented and you are leaving some of the best players at home? And I get that. You want to bring everybody there. But to me, this seems egregious when you consider the roster for this year's Atlantic Division team. Anthony DeClaire made it. He represents Ottawa. These players are all being left out because someone wanted every team to be represented. So because Anthony DeClaire had to be in, and he's the token Ottawa senator, there's no Nikita Kucherov, Mitch Marner, Patrice Bergeron, Thomas Tatar, Steven Stamkos, Vic Olofsson, William Nylander, John Traveris, Brad Marchand, Brad Gallagher, Alex Barkov, uh, who else did I say? Did, did I say Stamkos or any? I think you said. Yeah. yeah. All that so that we can make the five Ottawa Senator fans in the world happy. I, I'm torn on this, because mm-hmm. in in baseball, it, I mean, it's fun, you know, when you're watching the baseball star game, because you see every team right. there, and, you know, it, it creates a fun experience, but in hockey, I mean, do you really need it? Right. I mean, do, do, does a really horrendous team deserve to have somebody play in the mm-hmm. All-Star game? I think with baseball, it's been tradition for so long. You just got to keep going with right. it. But like with hockey, you can change it up and end it. And uh, yeah, I love how the Red Wings feel on the All Star Game. <laughs> Weren't those like tweets hilarious? <laughs> Bertuzzi's like, yeah, I guess you know it'd be kind of cool if I was picked. But and then Dylan Larkin not wanting to be picked because he likes the time off. <laughs> it was like, wow. If that doesn't sum up the state of the Red Wings right now, yeah. it's just like, I don't want to play hockey in an All-Star game. It says a lot. How is Blaschel still employed? That's what I'm trying I don't to know. Out. I don't know. It's like you know what? And I like him. I do like him, but it's just not working. working. <laughs> I It's... Well, Bruce Boudreau is still there. It, it, they've started winning a little bit more, though. I know, but still. I know. Like, <laughs> I, know. Like, I probably would have made the move earlier, but now it's actually making it look like he's going to stick around. Yeah, that's that's the weird thing. It's like he shouldn't be sticking around, but all of a sudden they're playing well, and it's like it's like Kirk Ferentz, mm. you know? Yep. Like, Always does just enough. Just enough to keep his job. Like, oh, that's the end of his contract. You know, we're finally, you know, after like... Six and six mm-hmm. and seven and five seasons. Oh, and then, we better make a Rose Bowl trip. Yeah, yeah. And then, oh, now we'll go ten and two or something <laughs> like that. And it's like, so then they'll give him another five years and it'll be the cycle. And, uh, you know, Bruce Bergeron is probably going to hang on to his job if the Wild make the playoffs. I mean, what was Iowa the year before they made their run to the Big Ten title game and nearly knocked off Michigan? I think they were seven and six. Yeah. And then they make their run to the Big Ten title game the next year. They take Michigan State right right down to the wire, and then they get blown out by Stanford in the Rose Bowl. But they were like 12-2 and two that year, mm-hmm. so it's just enough. Just enough just to keep enough keep, to keep, keep care of And then, um, then they blow out USC in their bowl mm-hmm. game. Yeah, like, what? I mean, <laughs> was it funnier to have Reggie Bush and Matt Liner oh, like, boy. on that post game be like, 
yeah, our team didn't play very well. And it's like, and they were hyping it up like, oh, USC is going to blow out Iowa. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, nope, not even close. <laughs> I tell you what, I don't want to get uh, too off the topic. Right, yeah. right. And especially with a break coming up. But we were talking about the Wild and how they could be paired to Bruce Boudreau for the near future. You are not getting rid as a Gopher fan, I guess. You're kind of a Gopher fan, right? I'm from Minneapolis. Yeah, so you're kind of born into it. You are never getting rid of P.J. Fleck. You know that, right? You're tied to him for life. Yeah. uh, Give it time. (laughs) Because once he slips, it's like, then they're going to start to rethink it. Although, it's... Oh, I think he's there for life now. uh, Unless the SEC starts calling him, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but... uh, I'm not a huge fan of the guy, and I made that clear. And it's just like, but he got them to the Outback Bowl and almost to the Big Ten Championship game. Yeah, it's like, you know, and when I sent the tweet out a couple few weeks back, it's like Minnesota, you know, P.J. Fleck breathes. And Minnesota's (laughs) like, here's five years. And it's like, I feel like now that he's going to get another extension after this. Oh, absolutely. And it's just like, but he actually earned this. Yeah, one. he actually earned this one, not missing the play, not missing the post, <laughs> missing a bowl game, <laughs> and getting a five-year deal. He just, yeah, he's going to be there forever. And I'm not going to if he can play at the level that they did this year and build on that, mm-hmm. you know, and be a 10, 11 win team. I'm okay with sure. that, but if this is just like a flash in the pan year, and like this next year they're going to be like I don't know seven and five, then you're just be like, okay, this is a fluke. Oh, I still think Gopher fans will love him. Like they will put the flags half staff at his funeral just because of this year. He has done enough this year. He's going to get a statue outside the TCF Bank Stadium. I don't know if I'd go that far. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Gopher fans already love him. I him for life. By the way, just see, he just got a new offensive coordinator today. He made a great hire too. Mike Sanford, he was Brian Kelly's offensive coordinator a few years back. I loved him at Notre Dame. I was really sorry to see him go, and now he's going to Minnesota. That's a terrific hire. Yeah, and uh and I'll give him that. Uh Fleck has a way of, you know, getting a lot, the most out of his team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a culture guy. Yeah, yeah. People like you know, the players like playing for him. He is a very much a player coach. I think his personality needs to be toned down a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy gets amped to like eat <laughs> breakfast in the morning. <laughs> you know. And uh the roll the boat thing needs to end. I mean, it's like, okay, come up with a new thing. That was your Western thing, come up with a new idea. But uh yeah, you know, if he can keep winning and playing, at, you know, get the Gophers back to where they, sh- you know, have tried to be since, like, the 60s, you know, good for him. But I think the minute, like, they start to slide and, like, slide heavily, like, if they get get into Kirk Ferentz mode, mm. <laughs> where we're talking, like, three straight seven and five years, then you're going to see a lot of bickering. <laughs> Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steig with it. Let's take another timeout. We'll rank the 12 12- Playoff quarterbacks next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad you're along. Here's your Sports Center update. Former Buccaneers and Bengals head coach Sam Leitch has passed away at the age of 74. He took the Bengals to Super Bowl 23. The Washington Nationals have signed relief pitcher Will Harris to a three-year, $24 million deal. And finally, L.A. Clippers guard Lou Williams became a father. And uh, here's why that's newsworthy. Uh, Um, Did you see what he named the child? No. 
Lou Williams, known for being maybe, uh, not maybe, he is the best sixth man in NBA history, has decided to name his new daughter S-Y-X. Six. Six. With a Y. Six Williams is the name of his daughter. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, Lou Williams is a weird guy, and people don't know that enough, but he's, he's got this kind of vibe to him. Like, yeah, he can't play once he's in the starting lineup, but he comes off the bench and he's the best bench scorer in the history of basketball. But you remember a few years ago, he was very open about having a girlfriend who had a girlfriend. And now he has a daughter named Six. 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 Well, you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know the trend is to you know name your kid weird things uh, you know whatever and spell it weird yeah and spell it weird so you know whatever i mean like i said there's you know gwyneth paltrow named her kid apple so i'm always going to use that as an example because it's so terrible uh northwest northwest yeah, yeah. Lame. yeah. <laughs> i mean you're naming your kid after your professional <clears throat> accomplishment yeah that kid has no identity except uh, being the daughter uh, uh, of a guy uh, who came off the bench yeah well, George Foreman named all his kids George. It, I mean, it's just like... All nine of them. And then the daughter was like Georgina. I mean, it's just like... Talk about the ego there. I mean, I just... I, what I try to tell people, it's like... Your kid has to live with that name mm-hmm. for the rest... Bare minimum till they're 18. <laughs> when they can decide to change it if they want to. So... <clears throat> If if you're gonna na- if you're gonna go really exotic with a name mm-hmm. or like spell it with like a like take I don't know Ashley and throw like a couple extra vowels in there, <laughs> you're I mean just your your kid has a chance to be bullied and you're gonna make it worse for them. I mean it's just it's just frustrating. Six Williams. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's just uh, Lou Williams is just one a weird guy. Uh, weird guy. <laughs> Great six man. Great six, six man. man in the history of basketball. Guy. Yeah. What if People did name their kids like after their profession, though. Like, like what? So, would, what would your kid be named if you named him after your sports writing career or her? Oh boy! Like, what would you? I, I, I feel like it's easy for my profession. Radio coming off radio, <laughs> Mike. My, oh, yeah, okay, it would be Mike. Okay, I mean that'd be that'd be the obvious one. That'd be easy for radio. <sighs> Boy, but for sports writers, that's that's a little more difficult. Well, if I'm, uh, is it print? Nah, print, print Steve, <laughs> why or P O Y N T? Pen, you know, pen, pen. Badgley. You know, I like pen. Take notes, your writer or key. You know, okay, keyboard. Key, you know, got that going on. Let's see. Those are the ones that can come off my head. Mining journal, Steeg. MJ. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, we could uh, get into something big Let's on that. Yeah, yeah. Let's piggyback off something we were talking about yesterday with Jake Duran. He was here from Local 3. So we're ranking the 12 playoff quarterbacks. And I give Jake credit because we know that he sees the world through green and gold glasses. He loves Aaron Rodgers, as all Packer fans should. And I give him credit because he didn't put Rodgers in the Final Four. I give him credit for that, yeah. nor should Rodgers be in the Final Four based on this season. Mm-hmm. This season, because Tom Brady's certainly not up there either. But where do you put those two among this group? Because there's an easy case to be made. Not just a case, there's a pretty easy case 
for taking Ryan Tannehill in the season that he's had over the season that Brady has had or Rodgers has had. Let's well, let's do the list of twelve. Let's okay. go through them first. All right. Um, so in the there's uh, Lamar Jackson to me, I think is just number one. Yeah, I and, think he's, he's got number one. Chasing. Yeah. The rest of the list, in no particular order, would be Russ, Jimmy Garoppolo, Rodgers, Breeze, Wentz, Cousins, Mahomes, Brady, Watson, Allen, and Tannehill. I would say probably Russell Wilson would be second. Okay, right there. Um, I would say. Mahomes at three. Mahomes at three. I would say the top four would be Jackson, um, Wilson, Mahomes, and I'd probably throw Breeze ahead of Garoppolo. Okay. Breeze, yeah. uh, what about what about Watson? I would say Watson would probably be in the running for Garoppolo in five. I'm, you would put Jimmy that high? I'd say Watson five. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know where I would put Jimmy on this because I mean, his numbers are fine, but if you, actually, if you watch the tape with him, if his first option is not there, his first read isn't there, he's lost. I mean, he has no idea what to do. He is not a guy that can extend a play or call an audible or make something out of a broken play. If his first read isn't there, he has no clue what to do. And that's where Brady and Rodgers and pretty much every other quarterback on this list will have the edge over Garoppolo. Is it sad that Kirk Cousins might be at the bit, at the end <laughs> of, of that group? Yeah, would you put him ahead of Josh Allen? I would probably put him ahead of Josh Allen, and that's not much. Yeah. So, <laughs> based on this year alone, though, would you put him ahead of Brady? I never thought I'd say it, but yeah, yeah he'd probably been so. more. He's probably had more flash moments than Brady has this year. Where would Carson Wentz go in this list? Because I'd put him probably about five or six, probably six. I'd say more eight. Eight? Yeah. Okay. Would you put Jimmy G ahead of him? No, no. I actually rethinking it. Mm-hmm. Like I was basing it on the Niners' success, but right. him specifically, I'd say more. Jimmy's probably eleven. Okay. Yeah. All right. I just I would love to see his numbers, uh, but like a side by side comparison when his first read is there and when it's not, because he has no idea how to extend a play. If something goes wrong, then he he doesn't have a clue. And it's Kyle Shanahan that's scripting this for him that does such a good job giving him open reads. But if his first read isn't there, he just doesn't know how to extend a play. Are the Niners like the worst number one seed? <laughs> <laughs> like, is there anything, like, when you think number one seed, this is supposed to be the team that really, sh- like, is well above everybody else. You mm-hmm. know, Baltimore is the clear one seed in the AFC. I mean, it's like, the one seed in the NFC is like, uh, oh, where'd this team come from? <laughs> and then even the Packers are the two seed, and they're even, they're not that, sorry, Hoopers, <laughs> they're not that great of a team. So it's like you're... You know, <laughs> it's like it's weird. If a team that doesn't have a first round bye comes out of the NFC, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if the Saints make the Super Bowl. No, weirdly, they're like the best. Yes, <laughs> they're the best team in the NFC, and they're the three seed. I feel like they are the the, the most sure thing. I don't yeah. think there is a sure thing in the yeah. NFC, but I feel more confident in them than I do over the Forty ers or the Packers. Yeah, I see them winning three playoff games more than I see anybody else, and uh, more than I see. If the Saints played the Niners in the championship in San Francisco, I'd mm-hmm. give the edge to New Orleans. And uh, 
it's just it's weird. Probably the worst number one seed I remember is when the Giants made the Super Bowl with Kerry Collins. <laughs> <laughs> they were the number yeah, yeah, and just got wrecked. And uh, yeah, I just because it's like this is a team that probably is not even a playoff caliber team <laughs> that got the number one seed by default, and then oh. That would probably be the worst. You know, and I'm not counting out Seattle either because they could very well go to San Fran in the second round next weekend, and they already won there this year. Yeah, so there's a possibility there too. So I'm not confident in San Francisco. I'm not confident in Green Bay. Um, I actually think New Orleans and Seattle are the better two teams. So New Orleans is going to have to win, would win at home and then have to win two road games. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so very like unless very, they very likely Seattle. unless they play Seattle, but yeah. That's my theory. I, I tell you what, though, it is a favorable path for Green Bay, though, if they were going to make a run. It, you know, and I tell you what, they have not gotten to where they are at 13-3 and because of Aaron Rodgers. You no. know, And I'm not trying to be hard on Aaron. It's just he is not looking like himself. And I don't want to say they've won in spite of him because he's come up with some big moments throughout the year. But he's not the catalyst like he has been in years past. If he figures it out in the playoffs, the Packers could absolutely be a dangerous Super Bowl team. He is. I feel like their their defense is playing better than expected, mm-hmm. and but he's had to carry them the last you know five six years. Mm-hmm. This year, it's like he's got a supporting cast is more carrying him. So if he has a like a mediocre game, they somehow find a way to win. Mm-hmm. Whereas. Like Sunday, yeah, like yeah, obviously. But they're not going to see the lions in the playoffs. no, no. The 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 lions basically lion themselves <laughs> during games. So that's basically they the lions beat themselves. Green Bay didn't win that game. No. So, uh, I mean, if Rodgers figures it out, I mean that sec- that uh, second round game in Lambeau could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But if they play the Saints, you know, who knows? Yeah, I would take Breeze over Rodgers right now. I tell you what. Uh, you look at some of the other quarterback matchups and anybody else that sticks out to you. I think we have a pretty consensus top four. I think uh, I think we narrowed that down to Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, and Drew Brees. Yeah, uh, maybe not in that order, but yeah. I think those are the consensus top yeah. four. Yeah, probably overall. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I I just <laughs> I don't know where to put him. I mean, I feel like Josh Allen's probably number twelve on the yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, depending on the week. But I, yeah, as a overall I, body I would, of work, I would say probably Garoppolo's at eleven. Man, if this was a handsome contest, <laughs> <be> one, but <laughs> it's not. It's it's looks on how you played on the field, not what's under the helmet. There you go. I tell you what, let's take our last time out. We'll have the Friday funnies next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any of our show today, get caught up on demand with the Sports Pen podcast. Get our free mobile app from the Apple Line Store, Google Play, or look up ESPNUP.com uh, and get the on-demand there. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Don't forget Patriot Girls Basketball this evening. At Hancock, I'll be there with the play-by-play alongside Jared Kosky, and it's my hope that you join us. Well, every week, we end the show with the Friday Funnies. Ryan's here. This is Ryan Day. We have Ryan Day Fridays here in the Sports Pen, and our first in the year of our Lord, 2020. So, Ryan, what do you have for your first funny of the decade? Well, uh, 
basically, since I wasn't here, I, I gathered some stuff from the last, you know, few days before before the new year mm-hmm. to include. Um, the NCAA put P- TCU on probation. Do you hear that? No. For uh, because three dozen athletes were paid for work they didn't do. Mm. They didn't clock out at the school's physical plant. So the NCAA put TCU on probation because they didn't clock out at their physical plant nice. during the off season. So. I'll take that, you fighting Andy Dalton's. Yeah, I talk about wow. TC, talk about ticky tacky stuff. You know, it's like they didn't did this like playing during the season. No, it's like so. We'll lead off with NCA stupidity. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Patrick Mahomes counting on his hand is one of my favorite things to close out the year because <laughs> it's like. As people know, they, he threw a TD against the Bears and celebrated by counting to 10 on his fingers to remind the Bears when he was drafted <laughs> and that Mitch Trubisky was taken before he was. And not only that, traded up to mm. get Mitch Trubisky. I hope that just haunts the Bears every day for the rest of their lives. Do you see the guy who was at the game in a Bears jersey that had Mahomes 15 <laughs> on his jersey? <laughs> I thought that was great. Um the Chargers, their last home game of the year, were booed mm-hmm. coming out of the tunnel. And later, the Chargers had to call a timeout on fourth and two because the crowd was too loud, and it was Raiders fans who were being too loud. Does that not sum up the Chargers right now in their situation? They're so bad that they got booed and had to call timeout because the opposing fans in the stadium were too loud. You think about it, everyone goes to that stadium and just takes it over, and mm. I'm, I'm going to be glad for the team's sake for the nfl's sake and you know just the image of the league when they find a permanent home that is not used for soccer exactly uh playing in a soccer stadium for thirty thousand people an nfl game Mm -hmm. for thirty thousand people and you're not good enough to even it's just it's a mess there you know and you you we've talked about bad owners here before the spanos family does not get enough credit for how bad they are as an ownership group Speaking of bad owners, hmm. uh, Dan Snyder not knowing what day it was. <laughs> they didn't get the right month. No. It said, Happy Thanksgiving <laughs> on January 2nd to talk about Ron Rivera. Yeah, we yeah. are off to a flying start to Ron yeah, Rivera. Yeah, era. yeah. And it's like, apparently it was an inside joke. Mm. And it's like, well... If you're going to say an inside joke, you have to let everybody in on the joke. Cause you can't be the only one inside. Yeah, you can't be the only guy who knows the joke. It's just, it would, I mean, not only that, even if it was a joke, it's such a terrible joke. Mm-hmm. And you guys look, you look dense. Like, okay, you guys already are laughed at as kind of an inept <laughs> franchise, and now you look like you don't know what time of the year it is. So They got Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio to be his assistant, two very respected coaches, two guys who, for the most part, are good at what they do, and they'll still find a way to manage to go 4-12. and 12. Yeah, so congrats, Ron. You're <laughs> going to play. You're going to work for Dan Snyder. Wow. Um, Nashville doesn't sell booze until 10 a.m., on Sundays. Is that right? Well, you're in the Deep South, mm-hmm. so you got you know, some rules there. Okay. And Saints fans were apparently not happy with it. <laughs> and pe- reports were there are people in a diner, Saints fans in a diner, and were sitting cross-armed 
go, giving death stares at the waitresses <laughs> because they weren't they refused to serve them booze until 10 a.m. and were adamant that they were going to you know abide by that rule. So <laughs> there's guy a bunch of guys just angrily looking, wanting their to start drinking. Yeah, what do you do when you're in town for an NFL game and you want your game day mimosa? You want your game day bloody mary? <laughs> exactly. You know you got to start early, and uh, you know you can drink on the streets with open containers yeah. in New Orleans so it's like they're just like why isn't every city like this um and then of course uh do you see Charles Barkley attempt to teach Zion Williamson oh, how to no. run have you seen that no. clip oh, okay well he's trying to teach Zion how to walk and run and Charles Barkley is not spry anymore. No. So he's like trying to teach Zion how to run on TNT, and it just <laughs> looks like Chuck hasn't been on a treadmill in a long time because it just, he looks so, lo- you know, his legs are like out of sync with each other, and it's just. If you find the clip, it's hilarious. Um, it's kind of like uh, you have to watch it to see it. But yes, he attempts to run, and it wasn't pretty. Is he going to teach him how to shoot threes He's, next? Yeah. Career 26% three-point <laughs> shooter. I'll teach you how to run and not make your shots. That's the Chuck Barkley Did you way. see uh, in Charles Barkley and Shaq? You know, I love those two. They're great personalities, what have you. But you think we could find somebody else to be an analyst because those two come from such an old-school state of mentality uh, when it comes to basketball. Nobody plays the way that they did anymore, mm-hmm. and they're breaking things down like uh, like someone from World War II, someone who fought World War II trying to break down an iPhone, essentially. Yeah, uh, it's uh, they're out of touch. They're basically known for being dopey personalities that's that's chuck barkley's thing now is like he's kind of (laughs) dumb you know that's why they do the uh capital one commercials Mm -hmm. because chuck's not all there upstairs did you see what shaq said about the modern nba someone was talking to him about you know the game changing what have you he said quote i still am playing today i'm Giannis antetokounmpo (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay Just, Jack made a living three feet from the basket. Yeah, he never yeah. ventured outside of that. No, no, he. Uh, Shaq, you're amazing. You are generational talent. You could, you could go into. I feel like he could come into the modern NBA and still be, be successful. Absolutely, but you're not Giannis. No, it's like if if Shaq ventured further, like to the free throw line to hit a jumper, it was an adventure for him. So, but. Uh, do we have time for two more? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. We'll go with Adam Gase, mm. who, uh, I mean, the Jets are a mess. Mm-hmm. Adam Gase's press conference was interrupted by a fire alarm 10 minutes in, and I'm convinced he was the one who pulled it because it's like he hates doing press conferences and just looks so miserable during them. And then just for the press conference to come to an abrupt end, it's like I've, he must have told somebody to pull it because I know he couldn't physically do it, but he must have told somebody because there's no other way it could happen. So uh, He is such a weird guy. Yeah. And then we're finding out it, it's even weirder. <laughs> There's been the suspicion that Adam Gase has had a burner account mm-hmm. on Twitter where whatever decision he makes, it'll get praised all of a sudden. People mm-hmm. criticize Adam Gase, and a burner account will pop up and say, hey, Adam made a good decision, <laughs> stuff like that. So you're thinking, does he actually do this? And now there's rumors that 
It was actually a guy from the New York Daily News who made a burner account of Adam Gase and made it come off that. And you're just like, what is going on? It's like, it's it's weird enough for a coach to do that. Mm -hmm. And then it's even weirder for a guy who writes for a newspaper to do that. And it's just, what is... The Jets, in a nutshell. It is so bizarre. This whole burner ga- burner gate, I guess, is what you could call it. With Adam Gase, it is just. It seems like something he would totally do. Yeah, like it, without a doubt. Like I was leaning towards it being Adam Gase mm-hmm. that he was the one who was doing it. But now with so much evidence saying that it wasn't him, mm-hmm. it's like now you don't know who it's going to be. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, the evidence seems to suggest that it's not him. But it does seem like something he would totally do. Yeah, it, 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 a burner account is definitely up at Adam Gase's thing. <laughs> the crazy eyes, the snorting <laughs> stuff on the sidelines before game. The smelling salts. Yeah, to, uh, not getting any sleep, to <laughs> bugging out on his wife's <laughs> pregnancy. Wife going into labor and he's going to talk to Peyton Manning. Oh, what a guy. But we'll end with Eli Manning, because mm. this is probably his last year in New mm. York. Uh, they celebrate. He and Daniel Jones celebrated beating the Redskins by playing flip cup mm-hmm. in a bar. I mean, going back to their college days, I guess. So that was a fun celebration. But then it, people found out that over his career, Eli always drank beer mm-hmm. on the team bus, mm-hmm. and every game, road or home, he would find a guy to buy a six pack or twelve pack. For him on ice for him to carry to the back of the bus to discuss game with the veterans he would find a guy every game to buy him beer and he'd just chill in the back of the bus i i mean is does that sound like eli manning apparently it's true and people have verified it mm-hmm. uh, teammates. yeah lawrence tines came out and said yeah he did this lt for kids i miss him yeah oh, he, man, fun, he's, him. he's a funny guy so, yeah, but, a great follow on twitter yeah he's uh but yeah he you know verified it but it's like eli manning doesn't like seems so dopey no. like you know like he drinks like sweet tea on the ready or something like that on the you know ride after a game but no takes a six pack or a 12 pack into the back of the bus on ice so kudos for him to getting a guy to give him ice too and just hangs out back there i feel like once he finally does hang it up and gets out of football he is going to gain a lot of weight he is going to be one of those guys that is just going to let himself go once he's out of football I can see that happening. Yeah. There's some there's some guys who you're just like I retire and you just let your you just mm-hmm. like I don't care anymore. I don't need to be in shape. <laughs> I don't need to be active. Oh, he's gonna retire and he's gonna keep drinking like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He is gonna he's, put on some yeah, weight. Yeah, he's gonna keep drinking like that. Just go to the buffet like all the time and just you know eat like plate after plate after plate after plate. So yeah, it's uh, but yeah, that's my favorite one because it's Eli Manning who would be like. The least, maybe like Philip Rivers would be like the least likely person to like have a twelve pack sitting there on the bus after a game. I like Eli even more now. Yeah, that's oh, I mean, great. Yeah, I mean, I've always liked him, but I'm just mm-hmm. like, hmm. I didn't think he would be the guy. That seems like a Brett Favre kind of thing <laughs> than an Eli Manning thing. But there, fans, now you know that Eli Manning basically pounds beer after games. He pounds beer after games. Him and his O-line just sit in the back of the bus and talk about the day. You know, sometimes it's by himself, you know, back there, which I'm hoping he's not pounding 12 no, <laughs> by himself because 
you know, slow it down, dude. <laughs> You're doing that route. But uh, what, what teammate that he's ever had would have been his favorite to just pound, you know, do shots with. Uh, I wonder if Eli does shots or if he does anything stronger. Did it say what his favorite kind of beer is? Um, no, it didn't say, but it was. But uh, I imagine. I, I would think he's. He's got quite the palate. It's yeah. probably not just one. Yeah, uh, probably whatever was available at yeah. the time. Um, I think he was probably more of a name brand guy sure. than a, you know. I don't think he's cheap and will go natty light, right. <laughs> you know, after games. But like he would, you know, probably Budweiser, yeah. Bud Light, you I know, could say it. yeah, you know. But uh, be a PBR. <laughs> A Schlitz, <laughs> just completely go off the rail. I just who would have been his favorite teammate? To party I, I, with? I, that's that's the thing. I, I like Plaxico, maybe Plaxico. Yeah, uh, it wouldn't be David Tyree. No, <laughs> that's for sure. Would not have been David Tyree. <laughs> um, you met, remember Dave Deal? Was that his name? The lineman. Yeah, I feel like he would have been one. I, I think it'd have to be a lineman. David Tollefson. Remember him? Maybe that, maybe. yeah. Uh, maybe one of the defensive linemen. O.C. Minura? Yeah. Straight <laughs> hand, <laughs> Justin Tuck? I don't know if I could see... My, can you imagine Strahan doing that? Oh, Strahan's boy. a talk show. <laughs> I couldn't actually see him doing no, that. No. He doesn't seem like that kind no. of guy. Maybe Tuck was in there. Yeah, but like you know, like we said, you wouldn't think Eli Manning's you know, <laughs> tossing back beers in the back of the team bus. So... It could be just about anybody. Did he ever play with Jeremy Shockey? I think he did. Okay, because... His first couple of years. I think then uh, it would have to be Jeremy Shockey. Jeremy Shockey would probably be the guy getting him the beer (laughs) to get on the bus. And then immediately go back there and pound him. Yeah, so... I wanted to end with that one just because it's so uncharacteristically Eli Manning. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. And with that... We are out of time. Good to see you again, my man. We're both back from vacation, and uh, we got our Fridays back on track. Here. Yeah, what yeah. do you have coming up at the Mining Journal? Well, uh, you know, I'll be working the desk tonight, so uh, not a <laughs> not a highlight stuff for mm. me. I mean, a lot of it will be, you know, phone calls that I get. I'll be typing those up, but uh, um, you know, I'll be covering the NMU basketball games. You know, this. Uh, tomorrow against Wayne State uh, my column which will talk about my adventures and at the airport in <laughs> Minneapolis and then you know we'll get back on track this week and you know there'll be the press conferences again so you'll be getting weekly previews from me and it's getting back to normal basically all right, all right. that's it for us once again for Ryan Steeg I'm Tanner Hoops thanks for listening to ESPN UPWZAM Ishpeming Marquette